We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is December 20th, 2021, five days until Christmas, Luke. Uh, Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my wonderful co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is popping, my guy? Um, nothing. Been up. It was an early morning for your boy. I uh, took the wife and daughter to the airport. They are now in sunny, humid Florida, and uh, I am here in this 20-degree weather. So, you know, I'm here till Thursday, and then, uh, you know, well, I'll be flying to Florida for Christmas for a few days. And I uh, get to kind of meet up with them and the rest of the family. So it's uh, I'm a bachelor for a few days here, Jonathan. Full disclosure, um, I have a pretty solid stomachache right now. Um, if, if you guys follow us on Twitter, you might have seen that I, I posted a video enjoying my celebratory uh, Papa John's from the win against the Nets uh, last night, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But slam that, and now my stomach is... How many pieces yeah, I, I got the, the bubbly guts. Well, I had... I had Three pieces um, with okay. the garlic sauce. You got to go with the garlic sauce. Yeah, okay. And then I had half of an Italian, what they call Papadia. My wife and I have always been big fans of the Pizza Hut. Um, what do they call those things? Uh, the Pizzones. And Pizza Hut got rid of them recently. But mm-hmm. now Papa John's has like their own iteration of that, which they call the Papadia. Not as good as the Pizzone. Had to try it. But yeah, you eat, you eat Papa John's. And come to think about it, like... Had Papa John's today. Yesterday, I saw Spider Man, which we'll talk about very briefly, spoiler free. But I saw that for the second time yesterday. Um, had you know popcorn and a nice big fat soda. Right before that, I had Burger King, um, and then Thursday night, you know, had Wendy's before we saw uh, Spider Man, <laughs> and then had popcorn and soda at the movie. Been eating like and a then, king. And then Friday, I had Wendy's again. So like my <laughs> digestive system is like. Please help us! Like, <laughs> give me a so, yeah, salad. I, I do it to myself. <laughs> a salad, some some Brussels sprouts, anything. Mm-hmm. Just kidding yeah. about the Brussels; they're trash. Okay, that's, we won't get into that. 
All right, quick uh, shout out to our patrons. So um, you guys probably have heard by now we started a Patreon channel. Um, each week we shout out um, our current patrons, so we're going to shout out those guys. Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Norm L, Magic Player History, and Julio. Thank you guys so much for your support. So, Luke, um, I haven't really been able to talk to many people in my personal life about Spider-Man. Um, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home that came out officially this Friday. The preview uh, viewings of that were Thursday, which I was at. Um, so I've been like subject to just like the Spider-Man subreddit to talk to other people about the movie. But if I don't talk to you about it at least a little bit, I think I'm going to explode. So we aren't going to you know, give away any spoilers or anything like that. Um, you have basically until next week. Like next week, I'm, I'm going to go all in to talk about the movie. But Luke, um, what were your thoughts and were you like super excited for the movie? Like what's your background? Um, you know, are you, you know, have you seen the other, you know, um, I guess home trilogy of the Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've seen um, all the Spider-Man, all the Marvel movies, etc. Um, I I watch them as I'm a casual, to be completely honest. Like I've seen all the movies, but I don't like get super you know passionate about you know what movie is better than the other, all that kind of stuff, right? Like I, I don't I don't really do that. I don't have like a list of my MCU rankings. But as far as Spider-Man, I didn't even plan on seeing it yesterday. Uh, my wife had dance yesterday morning, was teaching, and then afternoon rolled around, and I knew my buddy had said he and his wife were going to go. And I was like, hey, are you still going? Because uh, my wife got home in the afternoon. And he was like, yeah, do you want to go? And so uh, I ended up going yesterday afternoon just kind of on a whim. And uh, glad I did. I had a lot of fun. I think that the movie was was a good time. I think that you know, for, for Spider-Man man fans like yourself – um, it was, uh, it was good. You, you enjoyed yourself. I'm sure you're going to talk about that here in a second, but, but yeah, man, I, I think that it was good. It, even if you're not like the biggest Marvel Spider-Man fan that there is like me, uh, I, I do think it was an entertaining movie to say the least. I, I mean, obviously it was a blast. Um, you really, you know, you can't get into, you know, too many details, but right. for me, I'm, I'm trying not to be a victim of like the recency bias. So yesterday when I went and saw it the second time, obviously, like seeing it with a large group of people, like in a packed theater is always going to be the best possible experience. Mm -hmm. Like I remember seeing, um, you know, Endgame, Avengers Endgame for the first time in a packed theater. And it was so much fun. Um, that movie's been out for two years now, so I don't really care about spoilers with Endgame. But when uh, Captain America catches Molnir, you know, Thor's hammer, mm -hmm. everybody went insane. Now that had been spoiled uh on Twitter for me like the day before. So I didn't get to like really enjoy that moment. There are probably a handful of moments in Spider-Man No Way Home that the entire uh, audience just like erupted. And so that was so much fun. It was probably the most fun I've ever had in a movie. Um, I love Spider-Man. I got, I got the web slinger tatted on me. So I'm a I'm a Spider-Man freak. Um, I love all the games. I love all the shows. Love the comics. I love all of the movies. So this to me it was like Spider-Man in its like just most like best purest form. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, I I'm probably going to see it a third time because my daughter she watches the uh, the Amazing Friends, the Spidey and his Amazing Friends on a uh, Disney Plus, mm -hmm. like a Disney Junior show. And she loves that. So when she found out I was going to see Spidey, 
she was like <laughs> screaming and crying because you know I, I didn't uh, bring her with me. So two, you know, three years old. We're gonna see if she's capable of sitting still for two and a half hours. So, but but at so least the, now I've seen it twice. If it gets uh, miss, if I have to leave, miss the previews. By the way, if you take your daughter, because I don't know if it's this way in every theater, but in our theater there was like a, a, a like an Exorcist type like preview. And in the previews of Spider Man yesterday, and I was like, "Yeah, Morbius." No, 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 no. It was it was like a like a a not a not a not any way superhero related. It was a interesting. It was a scary movie preview in the main previews, and I just said to my friend, "I was like, yeah, because no eight year olds are in this movie right now. Right. I'm scared right now. <laughs> so I maybe they didn't do that at yours. Maybe they were all wholesome." You know, previews. they didn't do that, but there was like a crypto.com Matt Damon commercial in the middle of the previews, which I've never experienced before. That was kind of strange. I was like, we're doing a commercial right now. I guess they're all kind of commercials, but this was very much like an advertisement. Mm. So that was kind of weird. But yeah, No Way Home, you guys have until next week's episode of The Six Man Show, and then uh, and then we're just jumping into the spoilers. And that includes Kevin. So Kevin might have to like leave while we talk about Spider-Man next week if he haven't, hasn't seen it you know, uh, by that and point. And not, not edit as well. Because yeah, he can't much. watch it back or listen yeah, back. Yeah. So yeah, Kevin, you've got you've got a few days uh, <laughs> to, to go and see Spider Man before we get into that. All right, Luke, let's talk some Orlando Magic basketball. Here is a very eventful week for the Magic. Um, so yeah, your Orlando Magic this week went one and two. Uh, this week with a one eleven to one nineteen loss at home to the Atlanta Hawks, a one fifteen to one oh five loss uh, in Orlando to the Miami Heat, and then they finished the week in Brooklyn with a one hundred to ninety three win over the Nets. Right now, Luke, they have the second worst record in the Eastern Conference and the second worst record in the entire NBA. They are 28th in offensive rating, 27th in defensive rating, and 30th in net rating. We've been um, keeping track of the like tankathon remaining strength of schedules for the NBA for weeks mm-hmm. and weeks and weeks. The Magic have been like one or two or three. Now they're 14th, Luke. So that's just kind of proof that the schedule is going to begin to start to lighten up, especially once we get to uh, to the end of the year here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
All right, let's talk game one, Wednesday versus the Hawks, Luke. So first game without Cole Anthony, uh, he re-aggravated his sprained right ankle Sunday against the Lakers, so no Cole Anthony. The Hawks came into this game after dropping their last two in a row, one to the Nets and one to the Houston Rockets. The Magic entered this game losing the previous five games, riding a nice fat losing streak. This was a game, Luke, that I felt like the Magic didn't particularly come out with good in, uh, good energy down by as much as eight in the first quarter, but the bench uh, as they came in, especially you know uh, you know Mo Wagner, Chuma Okiki with their help, able to narrow the deficit to two by the end of the first. So you're like, okay, we're still kind of you know hanging in there. But the Hawks went crazy in the second, putting up 37 points to Orlando's 25. Magic were down 14 at the half, and then Orlando's offensive woes continued as they only scored 23 points in the third with the help of 10 free throws. So 23 points. Um, 10 of those came from the free throw line. Magic shoot 10 of 10 from the free throw line in the third quarter. Found themselves down 20 going into the fourth. The Magic do outscore the Hawks 26 to 18 in the final quarter, but not enough to mount the comeback. They lose 111 to 190, uh, 111 to 99, Luke. Yeah, I think this game for me, Jonathan, was weird, right? I mean, any game that you have, uh, let's see, looking kind of at, at kind of at a broad glimpse here, any game that you've got uh, Mo Wagner leading the team in scoring with his 19, it was probably a weird game. Like th- this wasn't a game that that was great. The third quarter notoriously has been bad to the Magic. Um, you get outscored by six. Uh, with most of those coming from you know free throws, right? So that saved you. And not to mention the second quarter was the worst of all, getting outscored by 12. Um, the, like you said, it didn't seem like the energy was there. I, I don't know, man. It. I was hoping this would be a game where the Magic would be in it and you know not lose by double digits. It, it, it was tough. At least they didn't score 129 or whatever it was they did last time, but they, they did score 111. And I was mistaken. Cole Anthony, uh, he sprained his ankle in this game, not Sunday against the Lakers, and then he missed uh, Friday's game against the Heat and Saturday's game against the Brooklyn Nets. But, I mean, if you just look at the offensive performances that we got in this game, Cole Anthony was 3 of 14, Franz, Franz Wagner 5 of 14, Chuma Okiki 2 of 10, uh, you know, Wendell, four of 10, it just, you, you hit it right on the head. Like Moritz Wagner, 19.6 rebounds. He's your leading scorer. Like this team is just not constructed in a way that you're going to be able to, to win, especially, you know, you're going up against a pretty good Hawks team with guys like Trey Young and, you know, John Collins, like those two guys led the way for the Atlanta Hawks, 28 points and 21 points respectively. You were just, we're really not going to, to win this game. Um, this, I mean, I didn't really have too many like real big takeaways from this game. Like the magic just didn't play well, but I don't think it's something that we're like, Oh wow, this is just, you know, this is a new problem or this is just, you know, a continuation of the magic. Like this to me just purely felt like a night where they did not have it sometimes, especially when a team comes off of a big road trip, the first game home, you know, they're still just trying to get reacclimated, um, you know, coming off the road trip. And that's kind of what this game felt like. Yeah, and I was just going to add here, uh, kind of looking at usage rates for that game, the usage rates theirs for there was uh, the none of the starters had the top two usage rates. It was the T. Ross and Mo Wagner show. Yeah. Uh, Mo Wagner, as far as usage, had 27.1 and T. Ross 30.2. So that tells you anything about how that game went. 
it was just uh you know the start of a, a long week for a majority of reasons for the magic yeah terrence you know 18 points on 17 shot attempts not right you know necessarily the efficiency that you want but i mean especially you know we mentioned it in the first quarter like those guys kind of kept the magic in the game so um yeah not necessarily what you want but sometimes it's like all right you might have you know five or six games like this in a season you don't want it to happen too often but when it does happen you just kind of want to you know brush your hands and and, and kind of be done with it and move on which is exactly what we are going to do so game two luke was friday at home versus the heat this was star wars night for the orlando magic luke um, you were you were there I was there. I was at the game. Um, I don't think I ever. Uh, I, I don't think I'd ever been in the building for a a Star Wars night for the Orlando Magic. So it was actually pretty cool. Like a lot of the graphics and and things that they had to do. Like you had like the Jawas there. You had um, you know like the the stormtroopers. All the graphics they like Star Wars ified. Right. I guess is the correct term there. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, but it was just it, we're gonna talk about this. But it was just such. A strange week for the Magic. This was a really strange game, mostly because of personnel reasons. So let's get into it. So Thursday night it comes out that Ignis Brasdakis was placed into the NBA health and safety protocol, and then on Friday, because like Ignis was like, okay, it's it's about to happen for the Magic. We're seeing it happen all across the league with a number of teams, but Ignis was like the first domino. Yeah. So Friday, Mo Bamba, R.J. Hampton, Terrence Ross and Mo Wagner all get placed into the NBA health, uh, health and safety protocol. And then we're like, okay, what what is about to happen? We like aren't going to have enough guys. There was some speculation that the Magic just might have um, you know, Markel Fultz dressed in uniform but not <laughs> playing the game just so the Magic could meet like the required eight active you know players right. on the roster. But um, the Magic um, signed Aleem Ford, Hassani Gravett, Admiral Schofield and BJ Johnson all up from the Lakeland Magic. They they, they signed the Lakeland Magic. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, signed all those guys to ten day contracts uh, due to the Magic utilizing the NBA hardship exception, which is available this year. Um, and that really gave you an idea of how this game was going to go. He also, without a number of guys, um, all these guys were out due to injury, not necessarily COVID, but they were missing Markeith Morris. Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Victor Oladipo. So this was, I joked after the game that this was the most viewed G League game of all time right. just because you've had so many guys in this game um, who, you know, previously, uh, you know, with uh, with the G League. Like, we started Michael Mulder in this game, and it was like Michael Mulder is essentially a G League guy anyway. So, you know, we have him on the, on the two-way contract, but... So let's talk about the game, Luke. As you would expect with so many guys out, uh, Magic really struggled offensively. weren't exactly tied together defensively either. The second and third quarter really uh, really killed the Magic. Um, trailed the Heat by nine after the first quarter, and then in the beginning of the second quarter, Wendell is uh, like setting a screen. I forget who it was, but it looks like either like bang knees or like the, their knee hit his leg, and then all of a sudden he goes to push off. He's obviously very, very hurt, like stumbles to the baseline, tries to come out and like inbound the ball after the the heat score. And it's just, uh, or, or I forget, I think it was us that scored. I forget which way we were going at that point. But Wendell, like trying to run back down the other end of the floor and just like basically like collapses, grabbing his knee. 
on the replay, it looked like he might have been grabbing his calf, so nobody really knew what was going on. But when I tell you, Luke, that the entire arena was just dead silent and you hear me scream from like the upper part of the lower bowl, <laughs> how does this keep happening? <laughs> because like it's just been time and time again that we're like at the time it everybody thought it was a season ending injury. Like he can't yeah. walk, can't put any pressure on his leg. He was He's crying. crying, wiping the tears yeah. away. Um, they went and got the wheelchair. I've never seen somebody wheeled off the floor in a wheelchair so gingerly and slowly. Not so even at Paul that Pierce. Time, oh, no, it was no. This was. <laughs> that's what I, I turned to Carmen. I was like, I hope he just has to poop and he's gonna <laughs> come back. But that was not the case. And the feeling in the arena was like we just lost another guy for you know a year. Now after the game. Jamal Mosley was asked about Wendell and basically said, you know, he's going to get some more testing in the morning, but as of tonight, he's going to fly with us to Brooklyn. So if they, when they get back to the locker room for the knee, they're able to do what's called like a shelf test. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times that will give them a really good idea of whether or not it's an ACL tear. And then like they're able to, you know, like basically feel and like test out to see if it was like an Achilles injury. And that was what we were worried. Like, if it's the knee, is an ACL. If it was the calf, maybe it was the Achilles. And the fact that they immediately didn't like rule him out of like traveling to Brooklyn told you that you know they didn't feel like it was anything major. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's come out that it's like a um, a lower leg muscle strain, whatever yeah. that means. We don't know how long he's going to be out. They've basically said he will come back depending on how his body. Um, response to treatment but at least it's a good sign that it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything crazy I don't want to be the the one guy you know all paranoid but we also felt like this about Jonathan Isaac you know New Year's Day of 2020 Mm -hmm. we thought he tore his ACL against the Wizards and then we were told it was just like a a sprain or something like that he was walking after the game so we're like oh it's no big deal like yeah he might be out a few months but at least we you know kind of dodged something catastrophic I just hope that it does not become the case with Wendell Carter Jr. I'm knocking on wood right now, but yeah, I was uh, I'm, I was glad to see that it you know it doesn't seem to be anything serious with with Wendell. Yeah, and and thankfully now, Jonathan, about this game, I, I wanted to discuss something. I understand that half of the team was uh, was were G League players, right? I mean, quite literally, the bench is all G League players, um, but I don't think that there's still an excuse that. Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, who combined typically this year, they are averaging with these games, these very inflated numbers factored into it. They average together 19 a game. Okay. They combine for 59 points together, just them two, 59 points. And uh, they shoot 21 from for 35 from the field. Uh, combined, Max Struess, 73% from the field. Gabe Vincent, 50% from the field. The Magic get outscored nine in the first quarter and then go on to practically match the Heat quarter by quarter for the rest of the game. That first quarter was was detrimental, and there is no reason why Max Struess should, should freaking shot eight of 11 from three. What's the game plan here? Well, the, the crazy thing is, Luke, like, yeah, the first quarter was like the – biggest part of the problem in terms of the deficit but strew scored 20 of his points in the second quarter and then gave vincent dropped 18 of his points in the third yeah so it wasn't like these guys were going off the entire game like they had good games 
But like, especially in the second and third quarter, you just couldn't stop those guys. Now in the second, you're lucky enough to have Franz and, and Chuma combined for 20 between the two of them. Right. Both of those guys didn't miss a shot, you know, in the second quarter. And then in the third, you get eight point quarters from Robin Lopez and Gary Harris to try to, you know, keep the magic basically within striking distance. And then you're just not able to, I guess, it didn't really seem like a comeback because, I mean, the Magic were just kind of always hanging around like that, like 7 to 10 they, deficit throughout the game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you still lose. They you know, each score 10, 35 in the second. They they each score the 35 in the second. Miami scores 27. Orlando scores 26 in the third. And they each score 22 in the fourth. They, yeah. It was a mirror point scoring game aside from the first quarter. And, unfortunately, the Magic are on the wrong end of it. What sucks the most, Jonathan, what, what is the thing with this team that we look at the most after every game? You, you're checking the box score throughout the game. What, what is the one number one thing? Turnovers. Turnovers. The Magic win the turnover battle by six. They only have 11 turnovers. That's got to be one of the best turnover games for the Magic in terms of limiting them. And deficit, definitely. Deficit of six. And you still lose the game by 10, all because of that first quarter, really. And then you give up 35 in the second. I don't care that the Magic scored 35 in the second. The Heat, with that team, shouldn't score 35. So well, anytime it, you let a team, we saw this you know, last week against the Warriors, but anytime you let a team shoot 54% from the three-point line, yeah, you can you can just usually chalk that up as a as a yeah. loss. You also got out rebounded by ten. So, um, and and they shot fifty four percent from three. I mean, we shot thirty four. So, I mean, the the three point line turnovers, rebounding, those were the three parts that the Magic struggled with heavily in that game. Just sucks that they weren't able to capitalize on that. You know, on the scoring that they were having in the second quarter. Instead, they just get you know matched up and and you know whatever it is what it is, but uh, it's weird. Okay, Luke, let's go ahead take a quick break here from our friends at Manscaped, and then we'll come back and talk about Saturday's game um, in Brooklyn. Hey, fellas, this episode of the Six Man Show is brought to you by our favorite producers of ball trimmers, Manscaped. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming are leaving 2021 with new product. Clean yourself into the new year with their ultra-premium body wash. Also, special offer alert, use the code 6th, that's S-I-X-T-H, for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Four million men already trust Manscaped. Time to join them. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It's even waterproof. Let's talk about being clean, feeling, and smelling good. The new ultra premium body wash from Manscaped solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine, but in the shower. I shower every day and hope you do too. This body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. With Manscaped, you'll be a brand new man and ready to kick all the gross hair and smells out with 2021. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 6th, S-I-X-T-H. Happy New Year to your balls. Okay, Luke, Saturday in Brooklyn. So between the two teams, and now this is going to get kind of tied into a a bigger discussion we're going to have at the end here. 
But between the two teams, there were 24 players on the injury report coming into this game. Uh, I think it was uh, 13 for the Magic and 11 players for the Nets, if I'm not mistaken. Starting lineups, Luke, um, you're going to want to remember this. So Franz Wagner started at point guard for the Magic in this game. Then you have Michael Mulder, Gary Harris, Chuma Okiki, Robin Lopez. For the Nets, you have Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, Kessler Edwards, David Duke Jr., Blake Griffin. But this was surprisingly like a fun game to watch given the circumstances. Orlando led by as much as 17 points in this game. There were five ties. So the Magic take a 9-8 to eight lead four minutes into the game and then actually never trailed again. If we fast forward to the fourth quarter, uh, Chuma Okiki, who had a great game. We're going to talk more about him in a moment here. But he hits a go-ahead three with the game tied at 93 to, with 111 to go in the game, give the Magic a three-point lead, and the Magic close on a 7 to nothing run, and they win this game 100-93. to Luke, it, it's hard to break down these games this week um, because I, I don't feel like we should be looking too much into the results while we have this many guys out and this many guys up from Lakeland. Um, they were you know, This was a relatively fun game, but... Um, I don't feel the need necessarily to like have a deep dive into this the way that we normally would. Robin Lopez had 20 and 10. If that tells you guys anything. I mean, that that's how much I want to go. 22 shots from Robin, by the way. The, yeah. And that, that's a guy who d- doesn't see the floor very much in, in a, in a perfect world. Right. And even with, with, with JI out and those guys and, you know, bigger rotations and all that kind of stuff. He still doesn't see much play time. So the fact that he had twenty and ten, don't get me wrong, Rolo, I I appreciate your services. It was you gave us you, you gave us something fun last night. Um, it was a good time, but but yeah, I mean th- this game was weird in itself, and and like you said, it's hard to really judge these games when we really don't know what's the, I don't know. It just it feels like a simulation. <laughs> and then we almost had like a great post game interview from him, but there were technical difficulties with you know uh, Bally. And uh, Robin couldn't hear anything that was going on. But, yeah, I mean, the biggest things for me in this game, outside of Robin, like Chuma Okiki, 15 points. We're going to talk more about him and and Gary Harris and kind of the way they've been playing um, very recently in a moment here. Um, But Chuma, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 6 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 6 from 3, which might be the biggest deal of everything. And then Franz, 14 points, 4 of 14 from the floor. I think he started the game like 0 of 7 from the floor. Um, mm-hmm. Just didn't have it offensively, but found other ways to contribute. 11 rebounds and 6 assists. 6 assists, only 2 turnovers. In a game where he was, for the most part, the Magic's primary ball handler, facilitator, like point guard. We've, ta- we've talked and joked about point fronds, but I think and you kind of have to be um, you know, conscious of the level of competition that he was going up against. Um but I think this gives even more credence to kind of the idea that, you know, at times Franz can run the offense and be your primary ball handler given the, you know, the right circumstances. Yeah. I mean, Franz has just kind of been steady, right? I mean, 14 on 14 shots, not great. You mentioned the the fact that he kind of made up for it in different areas, such as passing and rebounding. I want to highlight the fact that he got to the free throw line as many times as he did. Shot six of six. So not only got to the free throw line, but knocked down his shots. I think if if you can be a guy that averages five or more, you know, free throws a game, you're 
you're you know pretty great at, at drawing contact and getting kind of comfortable you know driving into the paint and drawing fouls i think franz continues to do that, that that's one of my favorite things from that game because when you're not making a fall you better be at least being aggressive distributing rebounding he kind of was able to put everything together and the biggest thing as well for the young team and the the highlights we've been kind of making two turnovers so i mean franz is always was was fun to watch regardless of how many points he ended up scoring um and then you know gary harris 17 points on 17 shots i mean we it wasn't the most efficient game for the magic but luckily the brooklyn nets weren't the brooklyn nets it quite literally was not the brooklyn nets yeah exactly and then like you you get um get seven points from bj johnson seven from hassani gravette five from admiral schofield uh eight from Aleem Ford so that's what like 27 points off of the bench from the G leaguers like that like you're, you're not winning this game without those guys so um you know we don't see any of those guys being like long-term you know answers for the magic but uh I thought we saw got to see a little bit more especially out of guys like um Gravette and you know we had never seen Aleem Ford before you know he knocked down some shots and you know looked pretty good in his minutes so um Luke, I guess this is really the the best time to to start to talk about um like all of the the COVID stuff, right? I think we plan to talk about this a little bit later, but I think this it is a goes pretty into, good segue into, into that, yeah. Just because, I mean, for so like Monday's game that was scheduled for the Magic to play in Toronto against the Raptors has now been postponed. There are a number of games, you know, across the league um, that have been postponed. So on Sunday. Denver at Brooklyn, Cleveland at Atlanta, New Orleans at Philadelphia, all postponed Monday, Orlando at Toronto, Tuesday, Washington at Brooklyn postponed. So who knows how long, you know, it's going to be, you know, probably at least, you know, another few games or, um, you know, a week or or two with some of these G League guys um, on the roster. So we're going to get to see like even a, a better look at those guys, but just a couple of notes that I wanted to, to point to right now, and then we can kind of you know, talk more about, you know, the COVID delays and, you know, what the league is doing and what's going on. But um, Baxter Holmes uh, with ESPN, he tweeted out that before last Tuesday, the single day high for NBA players entering health and safety protocols was five. But now there have been double digit additions for four straight days and five of the last six days overall. As of writing this, uh, 64 players and two coaches uh, in the past six days have entered the protocols. And he's also reporting that uh, the league is talking about um, after the first case of COVID, a team would be permitted to add a 10-day player. But after second, third, and fourth cases, teams would be required to add a 10-day player, basically for each guy going into the protocol. What this comes down to, Luke, is that the league is doing everything they can to avoid these postponements, avoid a pause or a shutdown. And they're basically going to require teams to add replacement players uh, to the rosters as they start to lose guys to COVID. Yeah, uh, man, I, it's it's uh, it's just the how quickly this ramped up is ridiculous, and and we talked about it a little bit on the shoot the shot episode this past week, but like they started more intensely testing after Thanksgiving. The only thing that that that, that makes sense to me, Jonathan is that they just weren't testing. Like, there are so many guys that are testing positive right now. And it's like, you mean to tell me they're just coincidentally, whereas when you weren't testing much or, you know, weren't testing much, 
Like they, they were not all, you know, we weren't getting positive. Tests. It just, it doesn't make sense. And then the, the structure of this of like, okay, now it's just getting like the line is very blurry as far as like, okay, when do we postpone the game versus when do we allow them to play with just a whole G league roster? So right now, I mean, right now the, the G league is at, um, you know, the G league showcase, I believe in Vegas, um, so it's going to be difficult to sign those players, right? It, we're getting into some difficult times of being able to get those guys if they're already there doing their thing at the G League showcase. So I, I it's just going to become more difficult. So I think we're just going to see more postponements throughout the G League showcase time that that exists. Um, I'm not sure the time frame on it, but but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. It's just it's all situational. It's all circumstantial. And we're just kind of at the the mercy of of kind of how easily attainable g league players are right now because they're i mean the g league players are looking their chops right now but but nba fans are pulling out their hair so it's eight teams um that are at the g league showcase in uh in las vegas and that starts today actually and that runs through wednesday the 22nd so it's the 19th through the 22nd so at least for the next three or four days, it's going to be difficult to you know bring up you know G leaguers from those eight right. teams uh, specifically. But so my thing is like, obviously in 2020, you know March when the league shut down and they were the first sports league to shut down, no one really knew what was going on with COVID. Now you could argue there's still a lot of things that we don't know about COVID a year and a half later, almost two years now, um, but things have changed in terms of like the risk management and what people are, you know, able to do and, and willing to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just comes down to, does the league care about making money or does the league actually care about keeping players safe? And you, I don't want to get into the discussion on whether or not, you know, healthy, young, mostly vaccinated athletes are really at risk to COVID. That's not what we're here to talk about, but if your goal is to keep people safe, one, why were you still not testing at the beginning of the season? Because we knew vaccinated individuals can contract and spread COVID. Why are we having 18,000 people at NBA games? And at this point now, like COVID cases are ramping up. They're just trying to preserve their money. They're still trying to get these games played. They still want these games televised, blah, 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 blah. At this point, like, you know, most of the tickets that are going to be sold to these games are already sold. It's not like you're getting your money back from Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. You want to sell it on SeatGeek or, you know, StubHub or, you know, the secondary marketplace, you know, that that's kind of your prerogative. But it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense that yeah. now because, you know, there are more COVID cases now you're postponing. But like before you were really just turning an, a blind eye, knowing what we knew. There and especially what we know now, there's no way the experts weren't aware of the fact that there were going to be COVID positive players participating in these games, even though they hadn't tested as such. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the biggest thing is just that it hasn't been the same. Like the 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 method hasn't been the same throughout the season. So while this is frustrating. I think that we should be more irritated that at the beginning of the season, they didn't say, this is our testing regimen. This is how often we're going to test, who we're going to test, when we're going to test, um, and this is going to be it for the whole year. 
right? I mean, at least be consistent. But now it doesn't make sense, right? Like I like I, I was venting about it in our group chat today. I said, just just shut down the league. Like, shut it down. Because for me, right now, you're not getting teams in their true form. For Magic fans, Jonathan, it doesn't really matter. Like, aside from the people that are really invested in the young guy's growth. But it doesn't really matter because we expect to suck anyway. But if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm pissed that we lost to the Magic the other night, regardless of who it was. But it's just that our G League players and, and our you know veterans and everything were we just are the reigning champs. We yes, exactly. So so yeah, that's what I'm saying is that you know our players were just better, but it wasn't really the team. Like I said, we didn't really beat the Brooklyn Nets. Our our players were less bad. Yeah. I don't know about better, less bad. So, so I just don't know, man. Like, I, you know, are we going to get to the playoffs and this is just going to be normal? Like, I'm like, I'm going to have to watch some of these guys from the G League play and the and the playoffs, not just one, but like a whole bench of them. How? What is good in that? Like, how can you? How can you not put it? I hate the whole. Oh well, they. they you know, the Lakers. They want a Mickey Mouse ring, or you know, oh, we put an asterisk next to next to the their their championship. It's like no, I'm really going to. Like, it, there's going to have to be if this is the case. If like things don't shape up, because now you're affecting seedings of teams. So it, it doesn't make sense. And I know that the NBA is now racking their brain and like, what do we even do now? We switched up and now it's backfiring, and we're not. We, we should have done this all year, I guess, and just made a decision. And I don't know, man. Between injuries, which already you know plague a lot of teams anyway, and COVID, it's like what. What are they gonna? What's the next step? Because it just seems like it seems like a, a no-win situation for fans, teams, and the NBA in general. Yeah, I think the the NBA is like at a very distinct like crossroads here. So you can either you know continue with trying to you know perceive the public opinion that you care about COVID, which they clearly don't. Again, we you know just mentioned like. At this point, if you're really knowing what we know about everything, like politics aside, vaccination status aside, we all know even if you have the vaccine, it's possible to contract it and still spread that to others. Mm -hmm. So if we really, really, really cared about this and we would just say, all right, like what Canada's doing, Canada's like we're immediately cutting attendance in half. Right. I'm not here to you know argue about whether that's the right thing to do. But if you are really concerned about COVID and keeping people safe, get fans out of the arena um, you know, stop letting these guys go over and, you know, do whatever they want to do, shut down the league for a couple weeks, whatever it is. But if you don't, and you're more so just worried about the public perception that you care about COVID, you're going to do things like this. You're going to place guys into health and safety protocols. 90% of these guys from everything that I've heard, uh, you know, hearing about, um, you know, magic players, like right now, I know Terrence Ross is not feeling well, like with COVID, he's starting to feel a little bit better. Uh, I know from another fan that sent RJ Hampton uh, a DM on Instagram just to see how he's feeling. RJ is is totally asymptomatic. So it's different for everybody. Mostly what we've heard, a lot of these guys are asymptomatic, but the league just has to decide, do they care about COVID or do they care about money? And if you just care about money, then stop acting like you care about COVID. Um, We can all kind of see what has happened the last year and a half. Not everyone is going to, you know, take the decision to get vaccinated. I, in a perfect world, maybe that's the case. But just being real about it, not everyone is going to get vaccinated. COVID variants are probably con- going to continue to happen. And people are going to continue to get COVID. And it's going to come down to, like, 
your risk mitigation and things that you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do. And I think that at one point we're going to get to the, the, the point, and we joked about this on, on Shoot the Shot, we're going to get to the point where guys are playing with COVID. Well, they already have been. Right. So the, the league has a, a tough decision to make. Do you really care about the public's perception that you care about COVID, um, or do you care more about making money? And right now, the deal that they're discussing with the National Basketball Players Association is, you know, oh, we're just going to add replacement players then. Which tells me you just care about making money. Because right. obviously guys being on the court, vaccinated or not vaccinated, traveling, doing all this stuff, they're at risk to contract COVID. So you are just putting more people at risk by signing these replacement players. So, I, yeah, make it make sense, NBA. Because it, it, it doesn't. And you're, you are right. I don't want to see like the league get shut down. Part of it is probably because it doesn't matter one way for the Magic. Like... Either yeah. way, we're going to be losing these games. So, um, right. yeah. And the other thing is, I don't know just like logistically how it's going to work with, you know, these games are being postponed, but where in the schedule are you going to get them to play these games? Unless you're adding them at the end of the year and you're pushing the playoffs back, which just seems like another logistical nightmare with scheduling the arenas and everything like yeah. that. But, um, but yeah, whatever. It's uh, It's nasty for the NBA right now. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it all uh, gets worked out, Luke. All right, Luke. So let's jump back to basketball. I felt that was just too kind of fitting of a of a segue to to talk about the postponements. But two Magic players in particular that that Magic Magic fans have really been um, increasingly concerned with this season and the last few weeks. Talking about Gary Harris uh, and Chuma Okiki. Those guys, um, more so Gary Harris, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks he started to really turn it on and has just looked like a completely different player. And Chuma Okiki, the last two games really, has started uh, to turn it on. So just to give everyone a little bit of, of context before we get into this. So on the season, uh, Chuma Okiki is averaging 7.3 points, 4.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, shooting 37% from the floor, 25% from the three-point line. Gary Harris, on the other hand, averaging nine points, two and a half rebounds, 1.9 assists, shooting 43% from the floor, 32% from the three-point line, Luke. Uh, Chuma Okiki, in his last two games, averaging 16.5 points, eight rebounds, two and a half assists, four steals, 1.5 blocks, 56% from the floor, 50% from the three-point line. And then Gary Harris, this is over his last 10 games, 14 points, Two and a half, uh, it's three point seven rebounds rather, two point three assists, shooting fifty percent from the floor, forty two percent from the three point line. Luke, what what do you think we're seeing out of out of Chuma and Gary recently? So I think if you were to ask me, you know, which player do you believe is for real? Like, which one is closer to to what you've been seeing? I think Gary Harris is more real like this this is more real than than chuma i to mean be. the sample size you know 10 exactly games is much better than two exactly and that that logically speaking that is a huge reason right the other thing is that gary harris for him man he's you know what 26 27 years old he's really a vet on this team and comes from a, a, a you know a good place with uh you know pretty good culture of winning and that was the one thing that we harped on at the beginning of the season when we got him and him kind of what he's what he has said in interviews and everything is like they just need to you know 
learn to win. And that's what he got to the privilege of doing in Denver was winning a lot of games. So for me, the, the biggest thing for Gary was really just his efficiency. And I knew it could be unlocked. I mean, he, he can be a, a decent three point shooter. He has shown that over these uh, past 10 games, wherever you said 42% from the three point line, completely night and day from what he was at the beginning of the season. Now with, with Chuma, I think that his has just been situational. I think it's just that he is playing against, you know, the worst competition, um, you know, the last couple games, especially. But what I will say is that it's going to, it could prove to be a very pivotal time um, in his journey, really. And in, in, for this season, obviously it, you know, getting those reps against players that are worse, because I think that it could be a confidence thing for Chuma. I think that he just needs to get in a rhythm as well, and it's a rhythm thing. So I think it does good things for Chuma and allow him to kind of play his role. But um, I'm kind of more believing that Gary Harris, this is truer to him than Chuma's stats the past couple games are to you know who Chuma is going to be the rest of the season. I mean, maybe Chuma will be us the rest of the season if everybody's freaking in protocols and stuff. But um, but but yeah. So I I I do think that Gary Harris. I think this is real with with his kind of improvements. So I don't know that I'm willing to say either of them is is real. Like, is Gary Harris going to be a 42% three-point shooter the rest of the season? That would be one of the most dramatic turnarounds that we've ever seen out of any shooter in like the history of the NBA, like early, and I don't this year, need it to be. Yeah, I, I he think was that shooting it, like eighteen percent right. for the first like ten games or something. It was me, insane. I mean. Meet me somewhere in the middle. Like, give me 35%, 36% from three. I'm completely happy. I just think that Gary is closer to doing that than Chuma is to putting up the numbers he has the past couple games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Chuma's not going to continue to shoot 50% from the three-point line. It's just kind of, hopefully, it's a sign that he's starting to kind of figure things out again, get some of the confidence back. You know, people talk about how, like, hip injuries, no matter how severe or, you know, uh, or not, uh, they take some time for you to like regain the confidence in your body that you can move the way that you want to move. I don't know that I totally buy into that being the problem with Chuma. Um, more so like his shooting form has always been a bit, um, unorthodox, if you will, with his guide hand coming off of the basketball so early mm-hmm. where like he brings the ball up and literally almost just takes his left hand completely off of the basketball, um, but it seems even like more exaggerated this year, like that movement. And I don't really understand why I, I would hope that's something that he can kind of be coached out of, uh, last year, even though we all felt like he was, you know, a really good three point shooter, I believe last year he only averaged like around like, th- yeah, 34.8% from the three point line. So like right at the league average, yeah. um, but this year he's been, he's just had a ton of horrible misses, Hitting the side of the backboard, hitting the you know the side of the rim, air balls like not even close a lot of the time, and it's you know it's it's really been concerning. Um, you know, hasn't been the same type of ball handler or playmaker that he was last year. Hasn't looked the same defensively. So, a lot of people were like, "Yo, what the heck is going on with Chuma?" Now, Gary, on the other hand, I still don't think we're getting the defensive Gary Harris that we you know everyone kind of thought we were getting uh, when this trade occurred. But, you know, if he can even be in the same ballpark efficiency-wise 
as he has been, you know, the the last ten games. Um, you know, it's it's really promising for for the Magic. But um, yeah, these guys are if if they can stay healthy and out of protocols, both of these guys are going to get plenty of opportunity to prove whether or not the improvement that we're seeing out of them recently is real. But I think like desperately we we need Chuma to be closer to this player than he has been the you know the first you know 20 some odd games that he's played in this season especially like the three point shooting like if Chuma can just be like a 3 and D guy for us which a lot of people thought we were getting um like drafting him if he can be you know 35% from the three point line and like step up the defense a little bit like averaging you know four steals had six steals the other night against the Miami Heat so um, yeah, especially Chuma, we're hoping that that's going to be, you know, closer to, um, you know, what we've been getting the last two games than the, you know, the previous, you know, 23 games I think he's played in this season. Yeah. And you, you know, you looked at Chuma, I was looking at kind of his, his last year, right? Last year, his last 18 games, Jonathan, um, and just in terms of points per game, right? I, you know, I just looked at that from March 24th to April 28th until he was out for the rest of the season, essentially, um his last i think 10 games of the year he averaged 13 and a half points a game um now those starting lineups featured chase and randall so take with it what you may i i think that that was a little bit of of what we're getting from him now right i think that it's the same type of scenario the the skill level is not as great on the opposing team the skill level on his team's not as great so he can just kind of do his thing and and I so I, I really still am having a hard time figuring out who Chuma Okiki is. Yeah. I, I think that last year wasn't a right a correct portrayal. Um, those last eighteen games of the year where he was kind of going off, um, I believe he kind of kicked it off with like a, you know seventeen point game against Phoenix, followed by a twenty two point game against Portland. Um, so I, I think that he's very much got a question mark above his head for me. I think Chuma is is I I hope he turns out to be great, but I'm just not I'm not there yet. Obviously, the you know as we get further into the season, we learn more. Like I said, hopefully it's not just continued to be a uh, you know false representation of what Chuma can do due to health and safety protocols and stuff. But uh, I hope that he I hope he works out. But yeah. but I'm just not I'm just not kind of able to lean one way or the other. I get that, and I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of fans feel that way. Like we were really confident in Chuma coming into the season, and that is uh, really really changed. I think. But Luke, let's go ahead and talk about the week ahead for the Magic. So we we're supposed to play Monday at Toronto. That game has now been postponed. But Wednesday we have a game um, at Atlanta. Then Thursday at home for the Hornets, or excuse me, the Pelicans, and then uh, Sunday at Miami. Luke, I'm just going to say one and two this week because I have no idea what's going to happen with these teams in the health and safety protocols. Yeah, I don't even know when that Raptors game is going to get made up. Um, I, I don't know what to expect as far as that goes. I would say, yeah, I'll, I'll say one and one and two. That seems pretty yeah. safe. All right, Luke, I think that's really all that we have for this week. Anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up? Nope, not, not nothing at all. All right, folks. Well, that was it. Uh, um, You'll hear from us again uh, this coming Sunday, uh, next Sunday, rather, the 26th. But, uh, yeah, uh, until then, hope you guys all have a happy holiday. Everyone have a Merry Christmas. Uh, For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See you.
Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!